Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Man, what a crazy day. Being outside doing a a broadcast on a day like today was a push because it's been hot here. It's pretty much. It's 102 right now, according to my like actual thermometer. What kind of humidity? The humidity wasn't too bad until. The other day, it got a little humid. The day that was so hot, the day that was 111, the humidity was only like 19% on that day. Yeah, it's 26% humidity right now. And even that's not bad. I think last week we hit 101 for our high, but the humidity was like 14. This is not the only place that's super hot. No, England is as hot as we are right now. They're talking about in the UK how like miserable it is. They don't have aircon like we do. So for them to be at 102 without air conditioning, no, no thanks. They've shut down public transportation. Yep. Wow. I don't care how nasty the Thames is. Like if it's 102, I will jump in there if I have to. That's where those rabbit ear things would come in handy. Pull them up there, stick them to your shoulder. Oh yeah, the tape. Oh yeah, boob boob tape. tape. I saw the funniest video online that was a girl. She goes, guys, they're saying it's unnaturally hot outside. That means your deodorant needs to also be unnaturally strong. No one cares about your organic fucking deodorant. Get the good shit on, people. <laughs> yeah, the natural deodorant, it's it's not. It's a deodorant, not an antiperspirant. Yeah, she's like, your deodorant needs to be unnatural. I mean, happy 12-year anniversary One Direction fans. That was a big deal in my day today. Yeah. No one else cares. No one else but, cares, you know, Megan. Shout out to my 1D girls. Hope you had a fabulous 12th day. Actually, I know you did because I've been on Twitter all day. Oh, my God, Megan. Oh. So what- You sent out that thing about invisible aliens, which I thought was, that's a pretty interesting concept, that they're so different. They're just hanging out with us, and we'd never know it. Sort of like ants. They don't really look at us as intelligent beings. No, we're too big. We're yeah, outside we're, we're their... Yeah, we're outside their... Well, well, maybe aliens are, are sort of like that, only we're the ants. I did think it was, speaking of like space and aliens, it was really interesting. Somebody, we were talking about the, um, the pictures from the new telescope. Um, and they were saying that they're trying to explain to people like how far away thing that, that picture's from. And they're like, you know, light years away Light years yeah yeah and they were saying that if somebody on a planet in that picture was taking a picture simultaneously back at us that the earth they were looking at would be earth before the pyramids were built but one of the fields was like 5,400 Karina years. nebula maybe yeah so I, th- I was like can you just wrap your head around we clicked the like the the picture button at the exact same time and the earth they're seeing is like pre pyramid. Like that's just like, how do you wrap your mind around? That's just crazy. Somebody, I saw a really nice Photoshop that somebody did online uh, that took that picture from the space telescope and combined it with Van Gogh's Starry Night. Oh, I saw that one too. The deep field one. Oh my gosh, that was so cool. That's gorgeous. I wanted to bring in just a tiny tidbit of vacation stuff, okay? 
I think I talked about it before the lavender lemonade that I was talking about making. Did mm-hmm. I tell you guys about that? Well, yep. it was a huge hit. I bought one bottle of Empress Indigo Gin, which it calls for before I left here. And then when we got to North Dakota, I said, well, that's not going to be enough. We need more. So we bought two more bottles and then Dylan bought a bottle. We came back with that much. Of the gin? Of the gin. Just maybe an inch of gin left in the bottle. That's how incredibly popular it was with my family. (laughs) Wow. I had them ginned up constantly the whole time. Martha's like, I know how we're going to make this vacation fun. We're going to make you all drunk. And the reason I bring that back uh, around is that Sarah, who, of course, is our Canadian girl, she says, catching up on the podcast, and I'm in an episode where you said that lavender lemonade drink was so refreshing. My favorite ice cream flavor is lavender lemonade. Ooh. Have you heard of a, an ice cream called no. lavender? But I, th- I think you need to put the recipe for the lavender lemonade on the website notes. Oh, that's actually yeah. not a bad idea. So that way we can lavender lemonade the world. You, I wonder yeah. if you could make like homemade vanilla ice cream and then add the lavender lemonade like as a Ooh. flavor to it. It wouldn't freeze right because it's got booze in it. But is lavender lemonade something you? Is it like a tea flavor? Okay. Never, okay. So where do you get this stuff? Well, I did a remote at this restaurant. The salesperson that was with me said, "Oh my God, you have to try this drink. It's lavender." I said, "That sounds disgusting. I, I don't like gin. I'm not drinking that." She said, I'll change your mind. So she brings the drink over and it was just so good. And I was so surprised because I don't like gin. And so I said, you've got to get that recipe. So she kind of was over there like hovering, (laughs) watching what the bartender was doing. I don't know if she was supposed to do that. All is fair in love and alcohol. I'm like, whoops. Sorry about you. As Nicole would say. I was going to say, I tried a drink this week that I'd never had before, and it was real darn tasty. Um, a friend and I went to see a production of Rent, our the uh-huh. Wyoming yeah. Opera Wyoming did uh, did a wonderful production of Rent. So before I went to a restaurant just down the street, and I had a French martini. Anybody? What the hell's a French was, martini? Oh, we're learning all kinds was, of stuff about alcohol. Absolute Citron, Chambord. What? Champagne and pineapple juice. What the hell is a Chambord? Chambord is raspberry liqueur. Oh, now, hey, I, you have my attention. I don't like martinis that much. Yeah, but I don't well, either, I, but listen I don't to either, that. But there was, there was absolutely nothing. It was vodka, raspberry liqueur, pineapple juice, and champagne. Oh, it just sounds delicious. I don't, I don't, I, the only thing about martini about it was the shape of the glass they served it in. Well, and the, the vodka. Champagne is... I want to know, know I, I just want to know if Vani will drink the lavender lemonade if I make it. No, because lavender is my absolutely hated scent. See, I cannot stand the smell of lavender. I don't like it either. And that's why it was always, always so surprising to me that, that it didn't taste bad. Does that make any sense at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I wanted that, I'd go outside and pick some flowers and chew on them. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going to drink an alcoholic beverage, it's going to be something a little bit stronger and not flowery. Like a shot of tequila straight up. I want a man's drink. I well, think you, not just ba- a man's. You basically I mean, are a man, aren't you? <laughs> right. Hey, I had to turn Martha. in my girl's card a long time ago. <laughs> the only difference is that I have an innie and boobs. 
No, she says that all the time about herself. She says she basically is a guy when we're talking about different things. Well, I don't know how to do makeup. I don't know how to decorate. I eat like a man. There's nothing delicate about me, really. I'm not petite. Gee, be nicer to yourself, Bonnie. No, it's just true. I mean, I didn't say I didn't like it. Food made me think of it. Did anybody else hear the song on TikTok that this lady wrote for, like, her, the girl she nannies for? Mm-mm. So this this girl's like 12 and she's petite, like she's tiny. And they went to go to Victoria's Secret or Pink or whatever to try on swimsuits because it was like a pool party for the like element. She took her 12 year old charge to Victoria's Secret. Okay, love the story. Keep going. But yeah. And well, I don't think she took her. I think she like was saw her afterwards. But that was like where they like all the little girls from school went there together. And when they were trying on swimsuits and her friends told her that she was like too fat in her swimsuit. The girl's like (gasps) tiny. And her nanny, I guess, whatever you want to call her, um, she like writes songs on TikTok. And so she wrote a whole song and the song is literally called like, I know Victoria's Secret. And like the chorus is like, I know Victoria's Secret. And he's an old man in Ohio. Like I wish it is like all these like <laughs> yeah it's so good and it talks about like I it's like I wish somebody had told me when I was younger that like thighs have thunder and like all the eighty bodies and Photoshop and it just like she released it like two weeks ago like two weeks about a week I guess and then before the Victoria's Secret documentary came out on Hulu and everyone's like holy shit like you couldn't have timed this better like <laughs> but like the whole like it was like I wish somebody had told me when I was younger like that I know Victoria's Secret and that he's an old man in Ohio like and it's so but they talk about like food just reminded me of that song like all the pressure we put on ourselves with food and like oh I love, I love that song by the way I've heard it I, it's so good I haven't heard I'm clearly her name is like Jax, I think. J-A-X. If you like Google it. And well, it's... you're going to have to send the link along okay, I'll to s- Keith. I'll send the link. We're not going to bugger this one. <laughs> Keith is on a vacation. Yeah. for her. I know. Yeah. We're So we're not bugging her this week at all. Although she did just send us a picture of where she's at. She misses us. I know she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> I hope she's doing better this week than she was last week. My gosh. That poor girl had a heck of a week mm. with her arm and her tooth and everything. I know. I talked to her from Ugh. from my vacation and I was feeling guilty because I was having a great time drinking lavender lemonade, getting my, getting my <laughs> family drunker than... Oh, but the other thing I brought home, actually... Lavender lemonade, that's a sissy drink. It's you not... a black Russian. <laughs> Give me a black Russian any day over a lavender You can't lemonade. have a black Russian... A black Why? Russian has cream in it, doesn't it? No, that's, no, a, that's white, a white, white Russian. Russian. I should know better. Okay. No. Here, hang on. I like them black like my soul. Oh. Here, I'll play you a clip. Of course you do. radio we gotta we gotta play that on the radio that's awesome yeah like it's like making money off of girls like me like it's such a like girl power song. speaking like, of a girl power song have you guys heard the new pink song yes holy crap we i've got to get this out because it has burrowed a hole in my freaking chest all day cvs in oklahoma 
is now if if I got prescribed certain antibiotics or certain medications for Nicole was talking about this because Nicole was at me with me at my remote this morning and she said one of the medications she takes for um her you know her all her intestinal stuff CVS in Oklahoma now is requiring if you get prescribed certain medications from your doctor even though the doctor gave prescription to the pharmacy, they have to get permission from the doc. They have to get documentation from the doctor that it's actually being prescribed for that thing. Oh, it's for fuck's sake. <sighs> because it might possibly cause a miscarriage. I hate the world. Jeez. The- <clears throat> it's This is so far beyond ridiculous that... I would laugh. If people if, were living in our like our own handmaid's tale and it sucks. I mean, you're a woman, well, you can't happen. You can't all of these little things gonna happen until we're back to like the nineteen fifties and we have no rights at all. I mean, this is exactly how the Nazis uh gained power in Germany. It wasn't like a huge push. It was all these little bitty steps that led up to where Germany was in World War Two. It's true. And that we're still reading about and trying to understand. Well, and to be fair, it's not necessarily the, all of the company's fault because what they're trying to do is they're trying to protect their employees from being sued by right. people in Oklahoma people. that can sue anybody who, quote, helps with an abortion. Oh, yeah. you guys have the same law as Texas? Yes. Yeah. Not only that, oh. we have, we've won up Texas because... In the state of Oklahoma, life begins at conception. There's no heartbeat involved. So you don't even get the six weeks. Nope. You get nope. nothing in Oklahoma. Yeah. The outrage here is, uh, I'm just, I, I want to play that Pink song on repeat for like two days. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so mad. I, I I had to get it off my chest. I had I to. I feel like that's fair. see, and then after the podcast, you can jam out to to Ugh. I think can jam out to Pink, and you can jam out to Jax. And Jax is awesome, and Bonnie is the one that told me about it this morning. So yeah, a, it was on the news because I wasn't. Uh, I, didn't I didn't see it. I didn't see KFCO did it on the news last night. It wasn't on the news this morning on KFCO, and she was watching nine. I was watching. No, I was watching KOCO, but it was at like, you know, four o'clock. Yeah. Well, five o'clock. She waited until 630 to text me, though. Ag report. I waited until it came on the second time because I knew you wouldn't be awake at, you know, five o'clock in the morning. And she's texting. She's like, I know you're not awake yet, but I'm so pissed off. (laughs) I think I did see that on like a News 9 alert and got it because I was like, I'm just going to be mad. So I'm not going to look at this. The only thing that infuriates me is, hey, they're doing this. They can't run a house because it might be uh, facilitating an abortion if you're in reproductive age that somebody else has to sign off for you. Ugh. I mean, mm. it's only been since the 80s that it became a law that they weren't allowed to discriminate. And it still happened, even though there's laws against, against it. single parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I know because it happened to me and my sister when she was pregnant. Well, I yeah. couldn't when I when I got my first job that had health insurance. I went to Blue Cross Blue Shield and they were they were explaining to me that uh, if I became pregnant, they wouldn't cover it because I wasn't married. Mm. 
Jeez. And that was in 1984. Sorry, we can't cover that because you're not married. Oh, and then there's monkeypox. Let's add that to the fucking bingo card. Another badge, monkeypox is officially considered an emergency situation by who today? Yeah, I know. I saw that. So because now kids are getting it. At first, it was just being passed sexually. Like, what is happening? Like, what is actually happening? We have to talk about something else because I'm going to lose my nut over here. We have to talk about something funny. Has anyone noticed that, like, if you have, well, Bonnie, do you have sprinklers at your house or no? Uh-uh. Oh. So, like, our, because it's been so damn, like, I've been running my sprinklers like normal. Like, I haven't changed it because we were in water shortage, too, kind of. And so, because it's been so hot, the sprinklers can't even keep up with the grass. So, there's, like, green lines of, like, where the sprinklers hit the most in, like, everybody's <laughs> yard. You can just tell exactly where, even though they move and, like, rotate or whatever and get the whole yard. The main line of like direction and everyone's yards are like striped where they're like really green and then brown and then really green. Then That's like because it's so hot. Yeah. It's a new trend. It's starburst, starburst grass patterns. Yes. <laughs> kind of like the crop circles, but now it's in the grass. <laughs> Here we go. Right back to the invisible aliens. Yes. yes. They're now striping our grass. Oh, Communer Oh, there's a that's a great conspiracy. Invisible <gasps> aliens are communicating with us through our lawn sprinklers. <laughs> oh I my would, god! I would read that book. I would. I would totally read that. Click on that headline. <laughs> I totally would click on that. <laughs> they're 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 manipulating us in ways we don't even know. Dun dun dun! <laughs> we just need Giorgio from Ancient Aliens to come confirm. We just need him to solidify that statement. The guy with the hair. The guy with the hair, yeah, Giorgio. Who, by the way, his degree is in like sports announcements or something. Now he's like, I'm an ancient astronaut theorist. I'm like, is that a real degree? Because I would like a diploma. That an ancient astronaut. What what do they call the study of Pat? You should know this because you're the the trivia mistress. What do they call the study of biology? Alien biology. Xenobiology. Xenobiology. What's cryptozoology? That's um, that's creature creatures on this world like yetis uh, or Loch Ness uh, monster. See, I knew Better. she'd know that. Look at you. <laughs> I want a degree in all of those things. Like, I just don't want to pay for a degree in all of those things. <laughs> Somehow, Megan, I don't think that you'd get much back on your investment. No. <laughs> <laughs> One time I Googled like degrees in ancient astronaut theory and there was like, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's Georgia just like just made it from up. Yeti University. Yeah. Like History Channel is like, we got to make guys sound like he actually knows what he's talking about. Let's just call him this. <laughs> the live event is yeah, coming up. And you know who I talked to today? I talked to Nicole. Okay. And she is hopefully going to be joining us for our event we, we don't know what book she's reading yet but she's i think she's gonna come okay her she had a she had a death in her family fur family her, mm. her dog photo who was 20 years old passed away this week so oh she was very 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 sad yeah rightfully so but i did talk to her and i think she is gonna come okay cool so july 30th at full circle at seven we will be live in person and the shonas are coming so yay we got some texas travelers that are going to be joining us and we're really looking forward to meeting all the people 
And that means you, person listening. <laughs> come, come see us. It's supposed to cool down. It's supposed to be in the 80s. It's going to need a winter coat. <laughs> a winter coat. That's what I felt like when we got to Minnesota. My whole family was bundled up in our jackets and fleeces because it was like 75 degrees. Yeah. It's supposed to rain, so bring a raincoat. Bring a raincoat. Vonnie's got... Written in silk, I think it's called. Sounds right. And I'm doing Unmasked by Paul Holes, so I'm doing a true, true crime. crime. Okay. And I'm doing... What am I doing? I don't even remember. My word. Oh, it's called The Girl Who Wrote in Silk. By Kelly Estes. Oh, Wayward. Martha, That's right. I forgot. You're doing that. Wayward. So it's going to be fun regardless. I mean, maybe a few beers or glasses of wine, whichever you choose. We'll talk mm-hmm. about books. We'll hang out. Maybe be a oh, little I wish silly. I, could be there. I'm, I am already jazzed about coming for September's event. So Yay. we're jazzed too. It's going to be so exciting. Pat's okay. first trip to Oklahoma City. Woo-woo. Yeehaw. You or might have we... to take a pregnancy test before you get yeah. on the plane. <laughs> yeah, not an issue with me. Well, it's not an it's issue with be me part either. Of, uh, <laughs> it's going to be part of the whole check-in process. Yeah, you, you got to pee on a stick. Scan your purse, squat and pee on a stick. Oh, y'all are going on. level. <laughs> Next hey, level. With that. Sometimes you got to do it. I, I think it's going to be a fun time, though. It's always a fun time when you're there. And if you can't come see them. Jump on the live feed on on the Facebook page because it's almost as much fun. Hopefully, hopefully we don't have any technical issues this time. Seems like every time we go out, we have something different. Fuck up. And sorry about that. But um, Josh assures me that we shouldn't have an issue. So, Bonnie, what kind of trauma are you putting us through today? Is there any aliens in it? (laughs) Well, there's no aliens. How do but, you know? Because they could be invisible, so you would never know they, they were there. They could be invisible. Are they are they invisible aliens? Like the silence, where like as I look at them, they disappear on me. Ooh, the silence. I mean, this could that. very easily be incorporated into a Doctor Who episode with invisible aliens. <gasps> yes. And the TARDIS comes down to save mankind because it's set in the in the seventeen eighties. And you know, Doctor Who likes to come back to those old time periods. Yeah, that's a very does. good point. They like the Victorian times, apparently. Yeah. So I read um, The School of Mirrors by Eva Stachniak. And like I said, this is set in the 1780s during the reign of Louis XV. So it's set in France. And Louis XV, I think he's known as the beloved king because he was pretty nice had a reputation but he also did like his girls so what this book is about is madame de pompadour which is the king's there is a favorite Doctor Who episode about it continue i know right i remembered that that's why i was like this very well could be a doctor who episode i'm actually on that episode on my okay. mind and what she would do is she would go out into the city and she would find these horror, very attractive young girls. And I say young because they were like 13-ish. And that sounds really young in these times, but you have to remember that usually women were made by the time they were like 15, 16 years old back then. 
so as young as what it doesn't sound it's not quite as pervy as what it sounds today <laughs> i don't know pervy. I either way. All right, well, it's a little pervy it's a little pervy okay so what she would do is she would find these women or these girls and basically buy them from the family oh my god and she would take them to i want to say deer creek but that's not right was deer something and basically teach them manners and how to act around sophisticated royals and everything else and what she's doing is she's training them to be the mistress for louis the 15th but because it's such a sensitive area they're not told that it's louis the 15th they're told that that he's a polish count who lives in the house and that's you know who they'd be meeting with and yada so and so forth so one of the girls that they recruit i'm gonna say is a girl named uh, veronique and she's comes from a poor family her mom sells hand clothes her father had died a long time ago she has two brothers and she helps her mom with the business and everything but she's also very pretty i mean beautiful and everything else and she goes to a deer house i think it might be called and learns how to be proper and you know have manners and everything else and eventually she becomes mistress to the king and she falls in love with him she i mean she's just smitten with him and their relationship lasts a couple of months and then one time she's asking too many questions and he decides that that's enough for her and he moves on to the next person and what happens when he moves on to the next person is they basically send the girls back home i was gonna say what do they chop her head off no they just oh. this is well <laughs> The guillotine comes into play later in the oh, story. Oh, great. I knew it was coming. When this happens to Veronique, they find out that she's pregnant. And the girls who get pregnant with the king's bastard children are put in confinement until they have the babies. And then they are married off to other more well-off gentlemen in other towns away from the king, away from the situation. And um, she's, that happens to her. She's very upset when they take her little girl and ends up in a mental hospital for a few days because she won't admit that, you know, she's in love with this other person is going to marry him and that she didn't have a baby. They basically want her to just forget a few months, everything else. So they're just gaslighting her, basically. Like, this never happened. Yeah. Hmm. Which I'm probably giving away way too much, but this happens, like, pretty much at the beginning of the book. And this is Louis the 15th, right? 15th. 15th. Louis the 15th. Then it kind of goes fast forwards about six or seven years, and then the story's told in the narrative of her daughter, Mm. who has been with a, a wet nurse for the last six years. And then she goes to a guardian in Versailles where she was actually born and um, is that her guardians work in the palace or the palace area. I don't know. I'm sure they have a lot of different 
And it's just kind of about the book's more about the daughter growing up and finding out her past because she's told nothing, obviously. And then it's about um, Louis the 16th and the French Revolution. And Louis XVI is married to, what's her name, Antoinette? Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. And we all know what happened to her. Let them eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, she gets her head chopped off. So, and then it's about that and about the daughter finding out her past and kind of, you know, coming to peace with it and everything else. It was a really good book. It kind of reminded me uh, some of the characters of Ever After. Have you ever watched Ever After? I love Ever After. Of course you do. Because just the fact that uh, girls being sold to other, to men for marriage when the uh, family was like on hard times was something that happened in this era. And they talk about it in this book and that's what happened in Ever After. So after I read this, I was like, man, I want to watch Ever After now. (laughs) I love that movie. I haven't watched that movie in a hot minute, but. I mean, the book is not anything. It's not really like that at all, but it made me think of it because it's the same time period. And it's in France and Ever After happened in France. It was a good book. It was very well written. The audio was very well done. It was, it was great. I would definitely recommend it. Megan, I think you would like this book. Usually anything this old in the 1700s, 17, 1800s, it doesn't hold my interest very well just because I, I'm just not as enthralled with the royals as what like you are, Megan. <laughs> but this one was extremely interesting and I liked how it played out. Even if you're not very interested in that time period, I would give it a read because like I said, that's not usually a time period that I read about. And it kept me engrossed through the whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. And that again is called The School of Mirrors by Eva Stachniak. I wonder, is that a reference to the Versailles? At yes. The Hall of Mirrors? Yeah. yeah, it is. I've and sadly enough, you know, they don't talk about the Hall of Mirrors very much. They only make like one reference in it. I don't know if maybe like there was more about it before... Um, it went to the editor because, you know, they always cut stuff out. So maybe they cut out and she didn't want to change the title. Cool. Pat, don't tell me you found another Margaret Atwood to talk about. I don't. I'm going to have to start mocking you for it, you know, if you keep doing it. (laughs) She still has a few left that I haven't read. I know. I love her too, but (laughs) I I have to give you a hard time about some things. I've got a classic sci-fi this week. Yay, bring it. Okay, I dipped back to into the classics all the way back to 1966 for Clifford Simak's All Flesh is Grass. Simak, one of my favorites amongst the old sci-fi writers. And one of the things that he's really noted for doing well is, it's hard to say realistic in science fiction, but <laughs> realistic depictions of how we react to the presence of some form of alien who may be very different from what we expect. So you're bringing that theme in. I like that. Okay. We're, we're bringing that theme in. And in this case, the aliens are not invisible, but they uh, they look like a big field of purple flowers. Holy shit. That's cool. So, yeah. At the start of the story, uh, our hero, Brad Carter, has an insurance agency that is failing to make it. 
and he's he's about to go out of business and the phone company has informed him that they're going to be cutting off his phone and without a phone he pretty much can't do his job so he's despondent and he arranges to go out of town the next day and take a fishing trip with a buddy but when they try to get out of town they run into an invisible slightly elastic but absolutely impermeable barrier that has sprung up around their little town if this sounds very much like the Under the Dome TV series that was made a few years ago based on Stephen King, you would not be the first person to notice the similarity. So yeah, they run into this barrier. They can't figure out what it is. By trial and error, they find out that things can pass through it. A car, for example, with the brake taken off, can, as long as there's no passenger, can roll right through the barrier. But people, anything organic, does not pass through the barrier. Town is mystified by the presence of this barrier. And Brad goes back to his office, where despite the fact that the phone company had cut off his service and taken away his telephone the day before, there's now a telephone sitting in the center of his desk, but it has no dial on it. And back then a dial was necessary. <laughs> so he picks up the phone and he gets a message saying some entity wants to speak with him and will he be available at some at such and such a time. As he walks back towards his house, he runs into a man who is, he's not quite all there. I'm, you know, it's, he's mentally challenged in some way, whether mentally ill or some other form of challenge. They don't go into the details. He's been missing from this town for 10 years. No one has seen him. Suddenly he shows up on the street and he tells Brad that he came through. He says, I'll show you where, where I've been. And they go down and on Brad's property is a bank of these purple flowers and a portal to another reality where these aliens <sighs> live and where, I can't think of the name of the guy. It's like, it's not Timmy, something that starts with a T, the guy who disappeared, where he's been living for the last 10 years. And so Brad is tasked with being the representative or the spokesman for these aliens who can take numerous forms. They've showed up as flowers here. The town thinks that Brad is in on some kind of a plot because his father ran a greenhouse and that's where the flowers <laughs> first started. It of got course. their first toehold. I mean, I feel like that's here. a fair correlation there. I, yeah. don't, <laughs> I don't disagree with the theory. Yeah. And it goes on to, you know, examine how the government reacts, how individuals in the town react, how people, whether they're inside or outside the barrier, react and questions like, you know, if something is, if something looks too good to be true, is it too good to be true? There are all kinds, it's, it's not an action-packed kind of sci-fi. It's very much more about people's reactions and what they think and feel rather than taking up arms or charging over and joining the uh, aliens in their promise of a, a better perfect world. So it's, uh, you know, it's thoughtful and it holds up pretty well, even after 66 years, I figured was when. Wait <laughs> a second. That'd be right. You said 1966. 66. Oh no. It's, I was going to say, excuse 56. me, but I was born in 65. So if it's 66, it's, it's 56 years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that is All Flesh is Grass by Clifford Simak. And you know, one of the reasons I picked it up is that it came through as a deal. I don't know how many people out there, if you were a member of BookBub, 
but I recently joined and I may be late to the party for most of the book fans, but it's a pretty cool little service. It's, they send you an email every day with potential deals on eBooks in a variety of categories. You tell them what kinds of stuff you like to read. They will send you an email with daily deals and often stuff that ranges from a buck to $2.99. It's real easy to build up an e-library pretty quickly. I already have probably, I mean, I've been a member for maybe a month and I've got 10 or 15 books now sitting in my Kindle waiting saying, read me please, but this was one of them. So it was nice to rediscover a classic and you know, do it for a buck 99. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna take a super totally different direction than sci-fi. So this week, I am delving into the world Heartstopper, volume one by Alice Oseman. And if that name sounds familiar, it is because I reviewed one of her other books, which was I Was Born for This, on the early days that I was on the podcast. Um, and I had Heartstopper in my mind to read eventually, but then it got super buzzy. And I got annoyed because everybody was talking about Heartstopper so that I didn't read it. And then Netflix turned it into a series so that I had to read it because that's what they do. That's a law. Like it's basically a law, I think. Um, So we have Heartstopper volume one and we have our main character. We meet first is Charlie. And this book is set in England and Charlie. And this is a graphic novel, by the way. It's not a straightforward like novel, novel. It's a graphic novel. Uh, we open our first scene with text message between Ben to Ben. We don't know who Ben is. It just says Ben at the top, and it says library. And then okay, and then music room too. Yep, library. So clearly, someone's meeting up somewhere, can pretty consistently every day. And then the second page, you see who we soon learn is Charlie. Uh, the dark hair character is Charlie, and Ben who has like lighter hair and they're making out in the library. So that's our first introduction and the bell rings and Charlie's like, I have to go to class. And they're all, and they go their separate ways. They go to, it's a new kind of class group. So they're going to new homeroom type situation. Then Charlie meets Nick and they've been there before together, but they're in this new class together. He's a year older. Nick is, basically a junior, the equivalent of a junior. And Charlie is a sophomore and they have this kind of eyes lock moment. They see each other, but there's nothing crazy that happens necessarily. And they just start talking and they become friends. And Charlie kind of starts to maybe have feelings for Nick, but we're not sure about Nick because he is a uh, rugby player and kind of the quintessential athlete um, in, in, in the, his school. And they kind of end up just forming a really not good early friendship. Charlie breaks it off with Ben because he feels like he's not being appreciated by Ben and he's just being basically used as a hookup. And Charlie, I don't get that. And I, I don't remember 100% even though I just read this. Uh, if Charlie is officially out at school or if everyone just assumes that Charlie's out at school, uh, it kind of gives the feeling that everyone just knows that Charlie's out, but there's not necessarily a whole conversation about it when it happens. And 
it, you're just following in volume one kind of the story of Charlie and Nick becoming friends. And Nick joins uh, the rugby team because they, or I'm sorry, not Nick, Charlie joins the rugby team because they realize that he runs really fast. Like he's on the track team and he runs really fast and they try to get him to play rugby. And he's like, I don't know anything about rugby. And Nick, of course, volunteers to teach him everything he needs to know because he's so fast that they need him on their team. And Charlie's friends keep telling him, don't fall for the straight guy. Don't do it. It's, it's going to end badly for you because as far as we all know, Nick is straight and you should not fall for him because you're just going to get your heart broken. So the, the majority of this book, volume one, and there are four of these total, she, like I said, just them kind of becoming friends. There's a little bit of the, oh, but is there more? Like, does Nick feel some kind of way about Charlie? And Nick's friends being like, Charlie's gay. Why would he want to play rugby? And they're like, because he's good at running and he's good at athletics. We should want him on the rugby team. So it's an interesting relationship and watching it develop. Then Charlie kind of have an altercation that Nick comes to you know save the day a little bit and comes in and defends Charlie against Ben and gives them kind of more of a bond because they're he's been there to help him when he needed help and things like that. I really enjoyed it. I read this in one sitting pretty easily. I was waiting for drinks with some friends and I had just bought it. And so I just sat there and read it while I waited for everybody to get there. And I was so glad I had bought the second one because as soon as I got to the end, I was like, I need to know what happens next. And I actually haven't read the second one yet because I had to read some other stuff first. Uh, but I highly recommend it. And from the graphic novel versus what I've seen, the little bit, I haven't watched Netflix yet because I don't know how, if it covers all four volumes in season one, it probably does not, but I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Uh, but the characters seem to really match uh, for casting wise. So I'm really excited to watch the show and the actors on the show in real life just seem to be normal kids that just happen to have been actors and cast. They were at a pride event in London. I think it was London and there were some protesters and they just got up all in their space and all their pride wear and were like singing Aretha Franklin at Fume in front of this crowd of protesters. So the, the cast really is identifies in the community themselves. So th I feel like they probably have a pretty good representation of the characters like embodied in, in all of that as well. I highly recommend it. I don't know why I wouldn't want to give into the peer pressure of the buzziness, I guess. I should have done it a long time ago because as always, Alice Oseman hits it out of the park. And that is Heartstopper Volume 1 by Alice Oseman. I read something that to me was very much beach read while I was on vacation. It's called Reputation by Sarah Vaughn. Now, the first one that I read by Sarah Vaughn was Anatomy of a Scandal, which was kind of hard to read. And this one was the same way because it, it zooms in on a problem that we have way too much of right now, and that's online bullying. There's a lot of different facets of it being shown in this particular novel. It takes place in London, or in England in general, and our main character is 44 years old. She is a divorced woman who 
is a politician. She has a 14-year-old daughter. And we start out by seeing her basically in a photo shoot for an article that's coming out for her. And she's power suit, red lipstick, you know, just really chic looking, just a powerful woman. And of course, right away, people start trolling her for it. And you kind of see the inside of some of the tweets that people are sending out about her. You know, the, oh, you're not even worth raping type stuff that comes out. I mean, it's just really bad. Yikes. That she's sort of, you see it coming at her all the time, all the time, all the time. And at the same time, you're getting this picture of her 14-year-old daughter. And she's being bullied by this mean girl at school. This girl that she's been, quote, friends with is it reminds me so much of mean girls she's she's the glamorous one and this little 14 year old girl is kind of a strawberry blonde you know she has invisible eyelashes and she's just not the most glamorous girl in school and her little friend is just being horrible to her so in the meantime we learn that the mother emma she has kind of a relationship with a reporter from one of the tabloids and they're, they've like shared some work together because she's been working really hard with this family who has been affected by online bullying because their daughter committed suicide after being bullied and so she's working on legislation for anti-bullying right well she gets very close to this reporter. She sort of lets her guard down and because she's attracted to him and, you know, she's a single person. So she chooses that particular night to go to a hotel with this reporter. And while she's gone, the 14-year-old who is sick and tired of this girl bullying her decides she's going to slap back and what she does is she takes a video of this little girl who's being horrible to someone else this this other they're they're in the ching room and she's mocking this other girl who's flat chested and she takes her top off and starts wiggling her boobs in front of this girl and just being horrible so the daughter takes a video of her and then she sends it to this boy that they know and all of that starts to come out while the mom is in bed with the reporter. So they're trying to reach her, trying to reach her, trying to reach her. So that's, that's the setup for all of these things that then happen. Fast forward to um, a few days later when Emma comes home and finds the reporter dead in her house. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you don't know for sure what happened. And she goes on trial for murder. The mom so does. The mom does. The, the politician. Yeah. The reason that I like this so much is because there are so many different things that come up that it was so thought provoking and it was Sarah Vaughn does a great job of really keeping the story moving. 
I don't know if it was a perfect book or not, but that's not why I give five stars. I give five stars for something I absolutely could not stop reading. Something that I'm so focused on that I didn't even want to go to bed. I thought it was fantastic. There were maybe a couple spots I, I might have changed. For example, I'm over here trying to figure out exactly what the mystery is and who who is responsible for what type thing. And there are a few places where I thought it might be a little clumsy. But really, <laughs> at the end of that road was a fantastic book that I had a great time reading and that's why I'm giving it five stars. It's been a while since I had a book that I felt that good about. And it, I just, I feel like I could recommend that book to somebody. If they don't like it, that's cool. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And once again, that was called Reputation by Sarah Vaughn. Kind of odd that I didn't have any aliens to go with the theme today, but... Well, I shouldn't say the theme. We really should talk about the article. We're going to have to see if we can link the article in the podcast notes that brought the whole conversation about invisible aliens up in the first place because it was a cool article. Yes, it was. It kind of made me think about all the places that, that aliens might be sort of hiding out. Like maybe they're watching you take a shower. I don't want to think about that. Maybe they're, maybe they're going, maybe they're entertained by us. Maybe they don't know that maybe they don't even realize we're here. It's an old sci-fi, another old sci-fi book. Stanislaw Lem was a Polish sci-fi writer and, and he wrote one. It was basically humanity goes to this planet and there's the society there is so foreign that they can see these beings, but they the beings just rush by them. They don't even recognize them as a life form. And hmm. sometimes I feel that way when when I'm trying to interact with people. <laughs> they don't people don't <laughs> recognize me as a life form. <laughs> you remember um, this was like Megan. You wouldn't because you're not old enough. But like early '80s, there was a movie that came out. I think it was called Explorers. That it had like Corey Haim and one of the other Corys in it too. And it was all of these kids that were like 10 or 11 and they build a spaceship. I think I saw that. Out of a world. Yes, I think I saw that. And it's because aliens, um, like we're sending them like messages in their dreams on how to build this, this that was a cool. So that that was a cool up. show, yeah. And everything that they learned about the human race was off of television. Because they were intercepting TV. You were so screwed if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, either that, that was, or they're all going to think we're serial killers. Like, I feel like there's. Yeah, that was like one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. I love that stupid movie. I watched it every time it came on TV. Yeah, I never watched. I didn't watch a lot of the Corys. Well, you're a little young. Those, they were 80s. They were they were kind of like the 80s version of the Brack Pack. Yes. Yeah, they definitely were. (laughs) That whole group was for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I remember that movie. It was one of my favorite movies. Loved that stupid movie. Well, I hope that someday we are able to recognize that we're not alone in the universe. But I hope it's when we become a little more enlightened because right now they would just try to shoot them and that would be bad. 
especially in Oklahoma. <laughs> right? It'd make them illegal. Yeah. What the hell is that? I don't know. Let's shoot it. They don't know what it is. They shoot it. They don't understand it. They shoot it. Let's give they it a pregnancy. It. They shoot it. Let's get only, pregnancy test. Only, I only want to be on this case. stick before I shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to. If I'm if we're gonna go to space, I'm gonna need them to build a real enterprise, and I'm gonna need them to put Patrick Stewart's like version of himself in there. So I'm, I don't care if he's digital I, hologram. But I agree with that. Yeah, I need Patrick Stewart, and I want Whoopi Goldberg working in the bar. Yes, so I yes. can have a drink with Whoopi Goldberg. Yep, be like, I'm in. What's up, man? And I, I mean, like- could we have Wesley Crusher on there too? No, I, I just mean, want data. On, I want data, but I want him data, to. But yes, I want him to have data. a chip that will make him really great at sex, and then we'll be all great. Then we can. You well, and your already, sex robots. I swear to God, he had that. He had. Uh, he and Tasha Yar got it on. Did they? But wait, that would be show, perfect. What episode did I miss? And it, yeah, it I don't remember on. that either. Yeah, I think they they had some sort of a relationship. I'm pretty. I sure. don't think she'd ever leave his side if he could do all of that. I mean, come on now. That'd be <laughs> I mean, great. he is a learning android, right? Yeah. So, all you'd have to do is program exactly what to do. That's had, right. Well, he had some line about I'm programmed in some certain number of. Forms of sexual gratification. (gasps) He does say that at one point. He's still my beating heart. (laughs) It's been so long since I watched that show. Yeah, me too. A very long time for me. Paramount? HBO Max or Paramount. It's on one of the services that I No, I watched watched it when I still lived in Pennsylvania. That was a long time ago. Like 1993, I watched it on reruns because the guy I was dating at the time was a huge Trekkie fan. And we always had to come home. He could record the next episode of Star Trek. (laughs) My favorite drink, I think, that I have ever had, and I don't know if it was just a situation or what, but it was when I was in Seattle. And we went to the hotel bar, and I had this, like, pineapple martini. And I know you said you don't like martinis, but it was just, like, pineapple juice and vodka. And they had to have had something else in there because you couldn't taste the vodka at all. It was so good. I drank that and I drank, it was the first time I had, what's it called? A, a mule? Um, a Moscow mule. Moscow mule. Moscow mule. Or a and, um, mule, if you want to change it up. A what? <laughs> People have started calling them keeves instead Keeve of Moscow mules. <laughs> and I didn't think I'd like that because it has ginger beer. And I really, I'm not a huge fan of ginger, but see, that now, was really good. See, now, Vonnie. You should not judge the lavender lemonade until you've actually tasted it. I don't know if I could get past the You don't smell it. You smell the mint. Mm. Oh, it has mint in it, It has too. mint on top. Mm. Mm. Can, and that's can what I have smell. a lavender lemonade without the lavender and just the mint? Sure. And the lavender lemonade. Sure, why not? The mint julep. Sure. So I think I'll just have a mint julep then. That sounds better. <laughs> That could be my girly drink, okay? A mint julep? What are you, um, 85? <laughs> are you going to the Derby? <laughs> and extremely Southern? Yeah. And have a closet full of hats? <laughs> Before I start, you know, shooting up the tequila. That just wrong. Sh- shooting up tequila? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll drink a mint julep because I'm not afraid to grow old. I can't wait to be old and wear silly hats 
and I'm not going to grow tomatoes like Steel Magnolia says. You're well, I'm growing to. tomatoes, so I'll, I'll do that for both of us. They, but lots of people drink mint julep. It's a derby thing, an old person thing. There's some historical site in Wyoming where they drank mint juleps along the trail. Because I remember seeing, stopping and reading the marker. There was a, like a natural ice field where the ice didn't melt until late in the, almost sometime oh. into the summer. And when they came across that field of ice on the wagon trains, they made mint juleps. See? I mean, no, I no. think how random is that? More, mint would be more refreshing than lavender. I'm just saying, you shouldn't knock something until you've tried it. Because I turned my nose up at it, and I knew I wasn't going to like it, and I did. I mean, I'll try it, but I don't think I'll she like said it. she'd try it. Yeah, I recorded. I heard That's it. All you can ask for. I'll try everything, anything once. But yeah, I knew it you said that mean before. I'm I'm like it. Uh, you don't yeah, have to like it. You can wrinkle your nose up. And, be and for one more random fact, Data and Tasha Yar got it on in the Now episode. I've looked it up and confirmed that, yes, when everyone was acting crazy because they were all infected yes. by that virus. Yes. Yeah. I'm totally going to watch that and have some great fantasies about I think about the Data. Naked Now needs to be my new um, online dating name. <laughs> the Naked Now? <laughs> That's, the one. That's the one where they were all like super horny, right? Yeah. Like there was like an alien or something. Now only date people yeah. that know what that means. <laughs> yeah. That's going to limit your pool. Dress. Yeah. I think she mm-hmm. needs to limit her pool. <laughs> <laughs> This Oklahoma wading pool's awful shallow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Online dating can be in the like far. What what was the far depth field? Like the far field of the oh t- the deep field. The deep field. Yeah, that's like online dating. You look into a void of deep death, and just yeah. like maybe it's there's simple. a star in that deep field that will be a glimmer of. You know what? That is a really, really deep sentiment, Megan. Yeah. I realized something this week when I don't know what I was doing, probably working and not paying attention to my job. (laughs) Um, You know, it's coming up on my birthday pretty soon. And I'm almost old enough to join the senior dating online dating. Oh, What's it called? Like seniors only? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to oh go sit my mint julep and meet me some nice 50-year-old who <coughs> maybe has some money. I guess. Find me a nice sugar daddy. <laughs> oh, Bonnie. I can't, hey, I've been telling you you need a sugar daddy for years. need to find one that likes, you know, nice curvy girls. So if you know anybody who, who is of that age group and loves curvy girls... We would like you to hook Vani up. They, they must like dogs, too. Must like dogs. No smokers. Yeah. What Don't else? Don't say anything bad about my dog because I'll choose her over you every day of the week. <laughs> Sorry. So Listen, I choose her most days over um, most people. And that includes me. Yes. And am Sorry. I jealous? Yes. yes, I am. Why do you think I zoom in instead of driving to your house? Because it's too hot for my baby. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just too cheap. Gas is too expensive. Hey, yeah, the price too. of gas actually went down this week, so you can't I use know, that I anymore. Paid, I paid three eighty five the other day. It was three seventy nine. It gets down under three dollars a gallon. Oh, it hasn't been that way for years. It was like that not too long ago. 
it got down that far last like winter you just don't want to remember it you just don't want to come out here you just don't want to buy the cheap <laughs> gas like i do i hey, buy the cheap gas that's an hour drive 45 minute drive oh, for me quit your whinging god yeah. It's so hot, your car doesn't even cool down. It's, it's so just... hot. I don't want to drive all that way. Gas is too expensive. I had to drive down there for the last two weeks, so I don't want to hear it. And one week I had to drive down twice because your stupid-ass computer. And we're back to the conversation where we need a new computer for the podcast. That's not helping. We need to skip over that. Unless, of course, somebody out there listening to us has a spare computer and they would love to donate it to see. Well, I've people. already got sure four computers here. And none of them will work because it's shitty. We just all need a sugar daddy. We need a sugar the daddy. Podcast. The podcast needs we need to a really powerful computer. Podcast on on farmersonly.com no not Find farmers nice. only jesus no the podcast does not need a farmer <laughs> or a christian mingle <laughs> <laughs> the podcast needs a sugar daddy no oh, God. Hold, hold i think on. megan's whole image of the the deep star field as as the dating pool you could you could start like astronomersonly.com oh there, there you go, go. Hey! Do I have to be an astronomer? Can I just like astronomers? You can I like think you could. You can like them. Okay. All right. I'm cool with that then. My cat is screaming outside the door. <laughs> like, like get out here and feed me, damn it! <laughs> and I think on that note, that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.